Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 31 of my podcast, I Stand Strong. I, as always, am Teddy McHugh, coming at you from my bear cave in the wonderful concrete jungle of the Midwest, um, mildly thawed now. And today, I am again joined by Tony! <laughs> Hello. Hello. How you doing? Not too bad. How are you doing? Doing all right. Just got off work, and so time to time to just talk about geeky shit. There you go. That's the, <laughs> that's the thought process. Um, now, okay, we did do talking about wrestling one time, but before that, we talked about our games and just a little follow up to that one. I finished Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Ooh. Amazing game, and mm-hmm. I really want a spin off game based on the female Ratchet now. But mm-hmm. that's beside the point. And then I've also since then played two other games that were pretty highly for you, which was uh, Forbidden West, which everything about that game was, as long as you liked the first one, it's more of that with mm-hmm. little things added, but plus difficulty spike of a million um, <laughs> as far as the <laughs> hunting the animal, the creatures go. Mm-hmm. And then, of course... I finally played the hollowed game that is Vampire Survivors. <laughs> and wow. I I can see the appeal of that game. It looks like something you'd be like, why the fuck would I want to play this? Mm-hmm. But the more you get into it, I can see the appeal of it. And it's it's got that that factor that, you know, you and I call it the one more run factor. Mm-hmm. Like you're you'll be sitting there, you'll play it, you'll be like, God damn it, I died at twelve minutes. Well, I can do another run, you know, five runs later. I can do another run. Uh-huh. Now, um, the, the the thing to do, especially in the early games, obviously you want to start unlocking stuff as quickly as you can. Yeah. And, and as you as you probably already realize by now, you know, things unlock. With, every time you get an achievement, it unlocks something. Yeah, I noticed that. That's kind of cool. Yeah, which is cool. But um, do you ever just go into the unlock list? Because that's, that's what I did early was I went to the unlock list on the main screen. And then uh, whatever's on the top, that's my goal for that run. See, I haven't done that one yet, but I have gone through like the the upgrade list where, you know, like you can make it. So you start with more HP or you mm-hmm. get a little mm-hmm. bit of HP regeneration right. or whatnot. Yeah, you- you definitely want to get those as maxed out as quickly as you can. Save the curse one for later. Save you save that one more for end game. See, I haven't seen the curse one. I, I haven't dug that deep into. It. I've been going for like if I would have seen that one though, that just sounds like it's probably one that probably has a risk reward system that isn't yeah, worth it, it till late game. Yeah, it it, it it buffs the enemies. It makes more of them. It makes them stronger. It makes them faster. Oh Jesus! But yeah, they probably yeah. give more XP. Not necessarily, but but when you get into end game, uh, the whole the whole uh, gameplay loop kind of changes. It's not oh, it, it, you'll see what I mean when you get there. That you want hordes of enemies that that don't die easily. Okay, uh, I, so, I, I'm I'm trusting you that I'll see what you're talking about because that, yeah. that sounds like a bad idea to me at this point in time because those some of those enemies already die bad, hard enough. Yeah, yeah. So save that one for later, but. Uh, um, but yeah, that, uh, I would recommend that go into that unlocks option and, and just start, uh, you know, select, uh, set that option where it hides the ones you've already completed and then just start at the top huh. and, and make, and make that item your, your goal. Cause every one of those unlocks something. Okay. 
Here's here's a curiosity question though. What's your favorite character to play as on that one? Um, God, what was her name? Uh, it's it's one that you don't you don't unlock until near nearly near okay. the end uh, near the end game. But uh, I, if I, I think her name was Sigma Queen Sigma. Okay, see, yeah, I've I've only got like the guy with the whip that you start with, mm-hmm. the magic wand bitch who's my favorite. Yeah, yeah because that's, that's she's easy to she's easy to buff to make. Mm-hmm. So like at least for the beginning of that, she, you know mm-hmm. you can hold your own against a decent amount. That's I've, a solid one. I've I, got I, the guy with the like the rune tracer. I think is what it's called. That's a good one too. Because he really gets some one. movement speed, but the problem is that weapon is not really useful at the beginning, like for oh, a while. No. That weapon, that weapon gets nasty when you power it. Oh, up. I imagine it does. But then I've also got like the the cleric who gets Clerico. like what? I think his name's like Clerico. I don't know. It looks like a it looks like a nun to me. Yeah. But yeah, and he's got like it starts out with like the buff to everything's got like bigger zones around it and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Another yeah. good one that you'll get eventually is um, you'll eventually unlock one of the the death characters. You know, the one that kills you at the end of, at thirty minutes. Well, I haven't got ki- to thirty minutes yet, dude. Oh, you haven't reached. Oh, yeah. When you reach when you reach thirty minutes, the game is basically over unless you're unless you've buffed yourself in in specific ways just to survive death. But death swoops in and kills you instantly. Is that the is that the skeleton guy? Because I've got one that I haven't unlocked yet, but he's he's there and I can buy him, and he's like a skeleton or whatever. No, it it, it looks it looks like death from uh, the Castlevania games. Oh, where nice. Has, where, you know, where, where he has a large scythe with them and, and you know okay. floats. But yeah, yeah, because his buffs are are crazy, and he's super super strong. Like almost immediately, uh, have you uh, experienced? Um, Weapon evolutions yet? Weapon evolution? I don't think I have. No. Oh god, man, you, you're just scratching the surface. Yeah. Oh no, I already know. I already know that. Like I'm, you know, like I said, I think the longest run I've made is 15 minutes. So I mean, yeah. I know oh, I'm man. still. It, it's it gets so good. You, you're just scratching the surface of, of like yeah. what makes that game awesome. No, but uh, that character I'm talking about, um, he starts out with an evolved version of the axe. The axe weapon. Oh, where it throws the axes around or whatever. Uh-huh. Yeah, huh. he, he he starts with the evolved version of it. Okay, interesting. Yeah, it's awesome. It, 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 he's super OP. Okay, but so okay. Now anyway, we, we we got the side tangent out of the way. No, not to I'm, say I'm, there I'm, won't I'm, be more side tangents involved later. I'm glad, I'm glad you're liking that one though. I I uh, uh, I actually bought the DLC and I bought the game itself. So when it leaves when it leaves Game Pass, I'll still have it on the on the console. Okay, I'll have to know that. Okay, it's good to know that. Good to know that. It's so good so, okay. that I, ha- I I didn't mind buying it again. The price was like three bucks too. So it's like, oh well, yeah, okay. I can I don't I couldn't see it being much more than five bucks. Really, I mean, yeah, so. So if they tried to charge more than five bucks, unless it came with like a massive amounts of like DLC that you could only get that way, I wouldn't. I wouldn't think it would be worth the money. I'm sorry, I mean, it's yeah. a great game and all, but no. Um, so okay, but anyways, to the to the topic at hand. Mm-hmm. Now the idea was we we're going to talk about great game moments we really wish we could experience again for the first time, because mm-hmm. let's face it, like every. Like, you know, there are comics I'd love to be able to read again for the first time. There are movies mm-hmm. I'd love to be able to watch again for the first time. And there are these moments in games that just hit just right. 
So I'm going to actually go ahead and start with the one that actually made me think this. And this one sounds really weird because it's more for an emotion than really what the scene is itself. But, mm-hmm. you know, as I was talking to you before, I've been, I was replaying um, some of the Uncharted games and mm-hmm. I was replaying Lost Legacy. Oh, and there's that so point. Good. There's a side note. There's a side tangent involved here in a second. Oh, but, okay. Um, you know, there's the point where, like, it comes out that, you know, Chloe had Sam, uh, Sam Drake with her. And that causes the rift between the two main characters. Mm-hmm. Well, when they come back together, there's a point where they save this elephant. And as they save it, they end up riding it on accident. And for some reason, this moment, like, I'd totally forgotten it existed. But experiencing mm-hmm. this again was like, oh my god, I don't remember this scene exists, but this is awesome. I wish I could experience this again for the first time. This feel of wonder about it. You know, it's just yeah. two characters who are kind of still bickering, riding an elephant, and then, like, you get, like, button prompts to, like, feed the elephant, like, these berries off a tree or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's this great little solemn moment where neither one wants to say they were both being kind of dicks when they had their fight. Mm-hmm. But they both acknowledge that they're both being dicks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Th- th- um, th- th- that's kind of cool that uh, you uh, it faded from your memory enough that it felt fresh again. That that That's always nice when that happens. Yeah, like I said, so it was this little moment that just kind of... Like, I'm like, how did I forget this moment? This is such a cool moment. But maybe it just didn't hit the same way, like, the first time I played the game. Well, you know, and, and uh, that's that's such a human moment. Everybody's had that moment with their friend or a family member. So where you're both just dicks. Yeah. And nobody, and nobody wants to say they're sorry right away. And I've noticed a lot of my favorite moments do have an emotional punch to them almost well most of them do i won't i won't say all of them do some are just like epic moments but but the side tangent comes from you sent me a text the other day and i'm just kind of i'm, I'm kind of curious you said you think lost legacy is the best of the series i'm not going to dispute that i'm really not no, but I, I didn't say that I, I i i said depending on how i'm feeling at, at any given moment i could argue that is the best one in this series and like I said, I just I just wanted to expand on this because like as I thought about it, I'm like, I don't know, to me it comes down to it really kind of comes down to either four or that one. Mm-hmm. The two newest that's, that's, ones. That's how, that's how I feel about it too. The two newest <laughs> ones, yes, but it's not necessarily because of graphical power or anything. It's more just the stories. Four, you get that great thing of, you know, it starts with Nathan and uh Elena, you know, married. I think I think they're married already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they're they're married. They had they had their daughter. Yeah. Well, but that's oh, no. I, yeah. I just thought that was at the very end. I thought the oh, no. the daughter was only the prologue. I don't remember their daughter being there originally. Um. Now but, you got me wondering. I can't remember. Or epilogue. Either. Sorry, not prologue. But in the prologue, I think it's just them together, and he's but, working. But yeah, they for are that, married. He's working for that like deep sea salvage company, uh-huh. and then his his brother who. I love the fact that it's even a joke in Lost Legacy that like Sam Drake just comes out of nowhere, like nobody knows he exists until suddenly he's in this game. Uh, yeah, that's a little wink <laughs> to the audience. Like, yeah, yeah, we kind of we we kind of got a little lazy on a storytelling on that one, but let us have it. But it's but it's still like you kind of forget about it by the end of the game, and yeah, especially definitely. by the end of Lost Legacy. But uh, yeah, but no, yeah, it's just like but you have that emotional punch of that story, but with the Lost Legacy, 
you have that emotional punch of Chloe going through this story that ties to her father, which, let's face it, in the previous games, she's really not a super flushed out character, even though she's probably one of the best side characters in the series. That's probably where I get my, my argument comes from, that it's probably the best in the series, because it's the most human of all of the games in the series. Well, yeah, and then you have, I, on the other side, you have Nadine, who's, you know, the last time you saw her was in 4. She's working uh-huh. for the bad guys, like a security, uh-huh. the head of the security thing, but she gets overthrown in her security company. But then uh-huh. you also get her story of how, like, you know, that was her father's company. She was running it okay until, you know, she got betrayed, and now mm-hmm. she has this, you know, like this chip on her shoulder. Like she has to get her father's company back. So mm-hmm. both of them are kind of in this narrative of we want to we want to fulfill our father's legacy. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's why they call it the lost legacy. I don't know. I just thought that while we were saying that. But no, it's it's but no, it's a great like great game. And I really think as far as like character interactions, definitely. Lost Legacy takes the cake on most of it, and well, control because the, they had so much time. Mm-hmm. But, so. but it, when you when you made that statement, you know that uh, it, it it had the character interactions were the strongest there. I could almost I have a counterpoint. Okay, no, go for it. Okay, and for that moment when Elena walks into the hotel room and oh, look, heartbreak, heartbreak, in the eye, and and just doesn't say anything. It's just looking at him. And, and the look says, you broke my damn heart. Yeah. I couldn't remember if she walked in or he walks into the hotel room and, like, she's there. No, but uh, either he, way, he, he, it's... Remember, he's in, there with, he's in there with Sully and his back is to her when she comes in and Sully sees her. Like I said, I, I, I just couldn't remember. Like, I like for some reason in my head, it was like they come back to the hotel room and she's already there, like, looking over what he's been doing. But you're probably right. It's been a while since I played I, four. Yeah, then again, I might be misremembering it too. So I just remember either way, there's that moment that she's got a broken heart, and you can see the, like the acting in the freaking characters. Like no okay. words you said because you can even see can it in Nate. You can even see Drake's face is just like I fucked up. Uh huh. And can you believe animation has come that far where it's it is acting now? Well, yeah, I mean, well, going back to Forbidden West, there's moments where, you know, like, like especially where it comes to Aloy and her, what uh, I can't remember what they call, um, call the clone. Um, I don't remember. I don't remember either. Anyways, miser- miserable little bitch. Yeah, but look <laughs> at the sequence where they finally find that common ground. Where, like, they're mm-hmm. arguing over, like, sh- like, she doesn't, uh, the clone doesn't understand, you know, like, how it is that they're from the same person, yet they're mm-hmm. so different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she shows her that hologram of Rost. And mm-hmm. right there, there's this moment, like, and you're seeing the same actor, essentially, do mm-hmm. two totally different emotions. And no. it's crazy. Mm-hmm. But, okay. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's amazing where we're at, where we are now with graphic fidelity. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, my my first game system was a a twenty six hundred. I mean, a block moving around a screen. You had to use your imagination and say, oh, this this represents whatever it's supposed to be. Yeah. Oh no, I I fully get it. like you know I mean yeah sure. My first system was the NES. Mm-hmm. But even there, you had to use some imagination on some of those games, as great uh-huh. as they were. 
I mean, you're looking at, like, Zelda, you're looking at the top down of a weird-looking sprite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I was uh, trying to think of games, you know, where I wish I could experience them again for the first time. And I, the ones I thought of were kind of the older ones, you know, with with my little oh, no. retro. No, there you go. Uh, the, um, so the first one I that came to mind for me was Fantasy Star 2 on the Genesis. Okay, see, I've never played this one. I've heard great things about the Fantasy Star series, but never played them. Well, th- three sucks, but one, three, and four. <laughs> one, 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 two, and four are awesome. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> just like anyway, that, but three sucks. So just... no, no, three three absolutely sucks. Okay. But, uh, but anyway, uh, in part two, early on in the game, you, you, uh, it's, you, you, you have a two-person party. It's you and a girl named... Uh, Nay, nay, or nay, I think it's nay, N-E-I. And uh, it's just the two of you for a large chunk of the, of the early part of the game, and you reach a point where she gets killed. She huh. gets killed, she does not come back. So we're talking and Aerith shit right here. That's why, that's why I wish, that's a experience again, I, I wish I could experience it again for the first time, because when it happened the second time in Final Fantasy VII, I was like, yeah. And oh, see, I see, and I never thought about that kind of stuff. Like something that happened in an earlier game, maybe not as graphically powerful, mm-hmm. but, but you're, has you're the so, same effect. You're so invested in her because it's just you and her in that early part of the game. She's way more powerful than you are. So okay. When she, di- when she dies, you basically get your at that moment. You have one arm tied behind your back. You are you're you're grinding for a while until you start getting your other party members again interesting yeah it's uh, and uh and at the time you know the the graphical presentation of her dying you know there's a cut scene that happens and everything it is an it is an emotional gut punch back in 1990 or whenever that game came out yeah. i don't remember what year now i mean it, it 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 stuck with you for uh you know as a first time player at that time maybe if you played it for the first time now it wouldn't it wouldn't hit have that kind of punch well, the sad thing is, you know, there'd be a lot of people who would play if they played it now. It'd be like, oh yeah, I saw this in Final Fantasy VII, uh-huh. and I hate, I, I really hate the retro. Like, oh, this is the better one. I'm like, uh-huh. no, because that original one was the original. Uh-huh. But no, but, but that, and so it totally tainted my, uh, my uh, Final Fantasy VII. My Final Fantasy VII experience. It didn't ruin it, but it didn't have uh-huh. the same punch because it didn't have the same punch because I'm like. Wait a minute! I I've seen a character die before. Yeah, it sucks, but it it didn't hit in the same way it did for a lot of other people. See, and so. that I don't know, like that, like I was never a Final Fantasy VII fan. Oh, I don't I don't care for most of the futuristic ones. I've always preferred the like nine, where it's more of a you know medieval kind of setting. For some reason, that works better for me. You know, I, I have always said I think that game is seriously overrated. I said it many times. Oh yeah, seven, but, yeah. But 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 I digress. If you love it, you know anybody out there that may, may be listening and, and that's their favorite RPG of all time, I completely understand. Your first your your first love is usually your favorite. Oh well, yeah. I don't Just, I don't take that away. But uh, but I'll say one. I, I got a side tangent for that one. I kind of want to play the remake even more now. Because uh, I was watching a, a YouTube video the other day where they were talking about the, and this might be a spoiler for some people, but I haven't played it, and I and I got it as vague as I could. Was 
apparently there's a there's a sequence or I don't know if it's the ending, but they make they make they get you thinking that there's a possibility of that remake is not a remake, it's um an alternate an, an alternate version of Seven, because apparently uh, yeah apparently that at some point uh, they make it clear that Sephiroth is jumping across dimensions. So basically, this could just be like a a multiverse story in yeah. Final Fantasy Seven. Uh-huh. Interesting. I was like, oh, okay, okay, that 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 kind of. I'm I'm intri- like I'm intrigued by it, but I just I've and like we we have the first what like they've only released the first half of the game though right now so far. Uh, uh, the the first of, of three parts, yeah. Oh, is it three parts? I only knew yeah. they were doing it in two, but anyways. Yeah, I I I know it's out, and I know we've got it because it was a PlayStation Plus free mm-hmm. game one month. But I've just never like every time I look at it, I'm like I should really play that, but today's not that day. Yeah. Um, well, I, I I didn't want to play because I thought it was just a pretty version of the original game. But it's like, oh no no, they're leaving themselves open to tell a totally different story. But they also changed it so it's no longer a turn based mm-hmm. RPG. It's now closer to like Kingdom Hearts, the action RPG. Yeah. Real Which time. I'm, I'm I'm okay with that. Too. Oh no, I'm I'm I'm. I'm interested in it. I'll put it that way. So when uh-huh. I've chewed through a lot of other games, I'll probably eventually try to play it, and I'll, I'll make my own judgment based on this new one. Uh-huh. Um, but again, uh, I'll get away from my tangent now, so we'll, oh. we'll go ahead and go back to your thing. But okay, what, what, so what's, what's next my thing? next one, and I know you're gonna, I know you're going to agree with me on this one because we've we've had conversations about this moment multiple times. From what I can remember, and that is John Marston returning to his family at the technical end of Red Dead Redemption, mm-hmm. where you get on that horse and it's just a ride, like most of the way across the map, but it's got this song playing over the top mm-hmm. of it. And I looked it up; it's the song "Compass." I cannot remember the artist now because it's not really anybody anyone's ever heard of that I know of, at least. Right. But it's just this really good emotional because you've built the entire game. You've been doing everything you've been doing just to get to this point. Just to go home. Just, just to, to go be, home. Be with your family. Yeah. And you get on this horse and you're riding and it's playing this really emotional song with, you know, uh, what, what's the lyrics? Um, I know the only compass that I need. Was it? I know the only compass that I need. <laughs> is the one that leads back to you. Yeah, I have to sing it in my head. Mm-hmm. And it's like, wow, this is just an emotional feeling moment in a, at the time, extremely beautiful game. I mean, it's still a beautiful game, but, you know, I mean, there have been games that surpassed its quality, let's face it. I, I, I wonder how many nerds out there got uh, had that had that song played at their wedding. Oh, Jesus. I bet, I bet it, I, no, I'm serious. I no, you're probably it. right. I'm just like, I, I never thought it. about that. <laughs> I mean, it's still better than playing the, like every breath you take, where people didn't listen to the lyrics and realize it's a song about a stalker, and they're playing it at their fucking wedding. Yeah, or, no, I, I definitely agree with your choice there. I, I, I thought about that one too. Well, there's that one, and then you could, you could, I could easily also see the the last stand of John Marston being on there because mm-hmm. that is there a more epic moment than just kicking open that barn door and getting that you know the dead eye mode for just your bullets. And then you just get mowed down. Uh-huh. Like, you uh-huh. know you're not coming back from this. Yeah. You know, the, the, uh, in both the Red Deads, there's, there's a, lot of, a lot of good moments. I mean. Yeah. I, and, yeah, you know, I remember the thinking going into the second one, like, there's no way this can live up 
like oh, story wise. I probably felt that way for maybe even the first quarter of the game, but then you know, because at first you're like hashtag not my John Marston, you know. Yeah, well, it's not John Marston. You're playing yeah. as this other guy. Who the hell is this guy? But then, but, like, I I still think that the first Red Dead Redemption is the better game, if you ask me. Oh, so do I. Overall story, but what this what what two did, you can't take away how much it added to what was already great about the first game. Mm-hmm. You're seeing the story of John Marston coming up in that gang to mm-hmm. the point basically where he breaks away. Mm-hmm. And that is kind of that was kind of clever the way they did it. And they did it through telling it through another story of the guy that kind of, you know, was almost like a, a grandfather to John's son mm-hmm. in many ways. Yep. Oh God! Yeah, well, God. But, but yeah, like, <laughs> it, it, like I would love to go back and not know that that scene riding home to his family is coming, mm-hmm. and experience just the like the well of emotions as you're doing that ride mm-hmm. with this cinematic cinematic game, like this great song that just kind of has like a cinematic quality to it itself. Mm-hmm. You know, you you feel like you're in the middle of a Western movie. And maybe that's why it really works. But I think it's mostly, like I said, to me, the emotion on a scene can drive some, even if it's a throwaway scene sometimes, like the Mm -hmm. elephant ride, throwaway scene. But the emotion and the relatability brings you deeper into the game. Uh Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So. All right. So, uh. I'm kind of curious what you're going to think of this one because, you know, it's it's a fairly recent play for you. Um, well, not recent, but within the last few years. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Zelda Link to the Past. Ooh, okay. Where are we going with the mo- this? The, 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 moment, the moment I'm talking about where it's like, I wish I could experience that again for the first time, is the first time you realize you're not done yet. When you, when you when you play through the first half, first part of that game where you collect you collect the three pendants and you go and you fight the wizard, and then you think that's that's it that's the end of the game, but then you realize oh no now that it's like uh, no now you're thrown into the dark world. Oh, that's right. Okay, see, I and, forgot and, about that and part. The whole game, you know, as short as short as it would have been if the, if the game was just collect those three pendants and go beat the wizard, that would, that's a game. You could stop yeah. there. Yeah, and let me tell you, when I was a kid, and that and that game came out, and um, my buddy, uh, you know, Jake my, uh, and I were playing that together at the same time. We both hit that moment at almost the same time, and we're like, "Can you believe that? Oh my god!" I'm like, "No, oh, there's a whole other game here." <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> and see that, but that speaks to the difference of era. Like nowadays you wouldn't have that in a game. They just make the game pretty straightforward. I mean, you rarely ever see a thing where it's like you're playing, like you play half a game that feels like a whole game on its own. And then it does some kind of just twist and like, Oh, wait a second. I still got another half of a game to play here. Uh, Only, only, only one that comes to mind real quick. Uh, Years after that was Symphony of the Night. I and knew it, you were going to say. It, I was just thinking that too because yeah. the whole upside down castle thing. Uh huh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I so I've heard I've heard about that one. Um. I unfortunately oh, oh, I've never. You, I've you never played it. I never played the upside down castle portion. No. <laughs> I know. I know. Well, it's 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 in our PlayStation library. You can, I know. You can play it. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. It, it's do it's it, on there at some it. point in time. Yeah. But uh, oh, yeah. yeah, that God, what a feeling on that one. 
yeah, and, I and I, I'm biased on that one because that, that's that's uh, one of the games I replay probably once a year. So I always go back to it. I, I dude, no no shame in the game, man. I I I love to ha- like. There's there's games like you know like I'm currently like I played that Lost Legacy. I ended up starting the whole Uncharted series again. I'm already back through the first one because that first game's not long. Yeah, it's it's, it's also after, janky after as hell game, after playing. <laughs> I was about to say that. I, I was about to say it. I bet you, I bet it must feel clunky as hell after. Oh yeah, you don't have this good stealth mechanic. The the camera fucks you more than your own. You know you do. <laughs> yeah, but it's just it's just uh, you know a product of its time. Yeah. But so, so what's your what's your okay, next one? Well, let me see here. Let me bring up my little uh, my little screen here because oh, I have some more. See, See, this is the difference here. You're nice and prepared. I'm just shooting from the hip here. <laughs> okay, this is this is another good one. That this is not really an emotion as much as just the moment itself and the holy shit that it drives forward. The Darth Revan reveal in Star Wars: Knights of the Old Republic. Mm, mm, yeah, that's a good one. I wish I could go back and experience that what the fuck moment. I'm jealous of people again. when I when I hear when I hear them say, "Oh, I'm playing Kotor for the first time." I'm like, you're like, you it's one of those things. Like, bitch. okay, when you get to a certain point, you have to call me so I can be there and live vicar- vicariously through you and watch your face at this certain point. Yeah. Oh God. Oh, because so God, good. yeah. I mean, well, spoilers to a really, really old game. What? What? Probably two thousand was on the original Xbox. So. Yeah, so that's yeah, so it was probably 2001, something like that. I don't remember. I know me and Michelle were already together by that point in time. That's oh, all I, I, can I remember. It's around that time. It's because the Dreamcast came out in '99. Yeah, and I think well, the X and I think the Xbox came out a year later. I think. But I want to like I I just remember we I was playing it in. I want to say I played that one when me and Michelle had our apartment. So we mm-hmm. weren't even married yet. So it had to be before 2005. So I know yeah. that much. But I remember just, you know, so anyway, spoiler to this game, if you don't want to hear this, skip forward a little bit of time because I'm going to talk about this. You 2003. Know, 2003. Oh, do, doing your Google foo, huh? Uh-huh. I don't blame you. So, like, that's what I thought, like, probably about 2003. That sounds about right. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, you know, the whole moment, you know, you're, you're in this fight and then what you, I think it's you beat... A boss, like it's been a while since I played this one, so I can't yeah, remember I, exactly how it. I don't even plays remember out. the details. I just remember the feeling. Yeah, well, I remember, you know, yeah, you're doing something, and then you get the cutscene where it reveals that you are like essentially this ancient, this Sith Lord that was the the biggest badass in the galaxy for the longest time. Mm-hmm. You don't remember it, and the fact that like half your party knew who you were from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And did nothing because yep. they're, they're like, wait a second, I saw the, the seeds of the possibility you weren't going to become what you once were. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. It's such a beautiful like, gut punch moment. But at the same time, I remember just sitting there like, what? Mm-hmm. Huh? I'm the bad guy? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But am I the bad guy? I mean... Can you really hold somebody responsible when they don't remember who they were before, even though they were this horrible person? Mm-hmm. And so, like, there you go. There's the emotion, like the really complex emotion in this moment of, okay, 
I am this Sith Lord who did a bunch of fucked up shit, but got mind wiped from what I remember. It's like somehow they lost their memory and now you're going down the, you know, the path to become a good guy potentially, or because it was one of the early games that really installed the good bad system. Uh You could be going on to be just the same evil son of a bitch you were before. Uh And I've played both in that game. And yep. both gameplays are really fun. But, oh, yep. man, that that reveal, though, that still stands out there as probably one of my favorite reveals in video games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's damn solid choice. Yep, yep. Yep. All right, so uh, I, I got one for you. And it definitely is one that it hits you in in a way when you're when you do it the first time and it's never quite the same again. Oh. It's, and and you could probably say this for the whole series but uh in Mass Effect when uh when Thanes does his prayer for the dying. You're trying to make me set my head on fire, aren't you? <laughs> I thought about this exactly. moment. Exactly. You're talking about Mass Effect 3, right? Yeah, yeah, when yeah. dying in the hospital, yeah. and he, he wants okay. to give you the, your prayer for his his species prayer of the dying. Well, there's, there's, well, you know, he he wants you to pray with him. For, isn't it just he wants you to pray with him, and then after, like, just before he dies, he tells you, no, that prayer wasn't for me. That was for you. And it's like, uh-huh. oh fuck! Even on his deathbed, yeah. he's trying to save you. Well, yeah, because he knows what you're about to do is 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 gonna. Ir- you know, irredeemably damage his soul and psyche. Yeah. He's, ne- he's not going to be the same afterwards. And I would put emotional gut punch wise, I would put one other moment in Mass Effect 3 up there with it. And mm-hmm. I'm wondering if you could figure this one out without me saying it, because it is a death in 3 that, like, to me, in the second game, he was fun. Uh-huh. But, like, I would have never guessed he'd have the emotional gut punch in the third one when uh-huh. he dies. And that's more than uh-huh. solace. Uh huh. Just that moment where, you know, he so matter-of-factly tells you, no, it had to be me. There's no other option. You know, like, just, like, like it's nothing to him that he's going to go undo this one great mistake he made. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At the cost of his life. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm getting, like, tingles <laughs> because just thinking about these two moments. Because, it's like, uh-huh. the ability to make me care about a character that, I could have never had in my party the entire second or third game. Mm-hmm. But still, I care about them. I mean, don't get me wrong. Thane was in my party 90% of the time in the second game. I mm-hmm. love that character. But, man, yeah, that that definitely... I, you know, I was wondering if you'd bring that one up because, yeah. like, I thought about that one in Warden Solus's death both, and I'm like, I just, well, I, I just don't know if I can talk about him. It's still too soon. <laughs> well, there's... Dude, especially that third game, there are so many hu- human moments in there. I mean, like, like, like the 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 uh, when you, when you decide to go and uh, go and hang out with uh, with uh, Garrus, and it's like just two brothers shooting the shit. Oh, and you uh, can choose to throw the competition. Yeah. <laughs> to it's give like, him give him that one little win. so good because that's exactly what it feels like it feels like two two guys that they are brothers in, in well, all the ways that matter and they well and they're they're, they're brothers in the same way two soldiers who fight on any battlefield are brothers mm-hmm. there's no way to go through you know the bud the blood and the mud 
and not be bonded in some way, shape, or form. Given mm-hmm. they are bonded way closer than most, let's face it, because like you can't go through some of the shit they go through and not be, you know, not ever, que- you know, they, they would never question the loyalty of the other one after those things. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the whole thing of, yeah, they're just having a shooting competition. Mm-hmm. And I love yeah. the fact you can either choose to shoot it and just like basically obliterate him in this competition. Or mm-hmm. you can choose to miss the shots and let him have this one little victory over you. Uh-huh. And, you know, for the lore of, of that universe, I mean, uh, I'm pretty sure that was quite intentional because uh, Torians and humans were never on solid ground with each other through the whole series. Yeah, you're kind of yeah. right. I always forgot. I forget about that because, yeah, at the beginning of the first game, like they basically make it clear that the Turians are completely against Shepard even being close to becoming a, was it a Spectre mm-hmm. or whatever they called him? Mm-hmm. Well, well, that and, and you know, and, and that lore when that when, when humanity discovers the mass replays and they and they they meet all these other species, uh, they're immediately flung into a war with them with, with the with the Turians. I forgot about that lore too. God, yeah. I, it's almost time for a Mass Effect replay at some point in time. Yeah, well, it's another one that's sitting in the in the collection. Yeah, it's another game also where the first game's clunky as hell, but once you get through that one, I mean, it's a great game, but it's clunky as hell control-wise, and then you get mm-hmm. to that second game and everything just yeah. opens yeah. wide. All right, well, well, well what's next since you? you Since you brought up Mass Effect 3, why not just go to mine from Mass Effect 2? Mm, the okay. suicide mission. Of Mass Effect 2. It's just an epic moment. It's, you know, there, I mean, is there some emotional moments? Yeah, you can lose any or all your party members in that mission if you do things wrong. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's just this great, like, we're going in there. We know there's a chance this is a one-way trip. Mm-hmm. But it's worth it to save humanity on this tr- this mission. And you go in and you do, like, the most one of the most epic things, minus the final boss a little bit you know the giant terminator mech thing they could have found a better boss fight for the end of it but anyway but minus that small detail that mission is amazing Mm -hmm. down to the point where it has you like assigning people roles that if you make the wrong decision for these roles someone's dying and not come back from that mission and i don't remember specifics but i remember thinking a couple of those roles that they have to be in were like that doesn't make sense I think I remember that myself too. Yeah, there were a couple where you're like, no, no, this person would have been fine in that role, but yeah, but oh, it's well. like, well, it was it was basically a in a way it was kind of like a puzzle, like okay, you have uh-huh. to use these people yeah. in this specific spot, you can't use them in another spot. Mm-hmm. But yeah. the problem is, once you assign somebody to a role like on the first one or whatever, you couldn't use them again for like the second you know branch mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, that, that was a good moment. God, that whole series is so good. I would, I would that. also kind of put the the point where um, the AI gets a body. I think that was in the third one. Was that the th- second or the third one where the ship AI gets gets her own body? I, th- I want. I think it's the third one because because Joker, like he well, frees her in the second one. In the second one, because she saves him. Well, yeah, he he frees her. He like he unbinds yeah. the AI in the second uh-huh. one when the the Reapers are attacking the or the sorry, not the Reapers. The um, oh god, what were the creatures called? The collectors. Collectors, yeah, are attacking yeah. the Normandy, 
And then I think, yeah, I think in the third one, yeah, it is because like you, you do a mission and you're, you come back to the ship because something's not right on the ship. And when you go to that laboratory, out comes the body or whatever. And Mm -hmm. voiced by the sultry, sultry Trisha Helfer. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Well, right. I I got one for you. Okay. And for my money, this is still the best game in the series. Okay. And it has the and it has the best ending in that series. Uh Metal Gear Solid 3. Now do you remember that one? Oh no, I I know what you're talking about. Like I had to think for some Metal Gear Solid 3. Like what's I'm like, "Oh, yeah, Metal Okay. Yeah, you're, Snake you're, Eater." You're you're you're, you're fine. You know, you climb you climb up that huge ladder to get to this platform where where the boss is at. Yeah. You're uh, and uh you know, it play. It's playing this awesome song too. It's like to- total James Bond riff. Yep. You know, snake eater, snake eater. You know, <laughs> stuff like that. It's so I, stupid. Yeah, it it so would be hokey in any other situation. Uh huh. But no, that game was a total send off of, of Bond in a lot of ways. But uh, yeah, you, you know, you get up there, you 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 meet the boss, you you, you confront the boss. You know, she's his mentor, his former lover, and. All through that game, you, you're, she's getting hosed over and over and over by the U.S. government. They're, they're painting her as a traitor to save their asses back in Washington. She's yeah, well, they don't the make. If I'm mistakes. right, don't they make that very like that? That doesn't become a hundred percent clear till like just before that boss fight. It's like you uh-huh, think she uh-huh. legitimately turned, and then you find the evidence like just before the fight that basically uh-huh. no. She was deep cover to stop this, bo- like to basically get the hands on the bomb that goes off, like uh-huh. what hour or half into the game or whatever. And the second that bomb went off, there was no bringing her back. Mm-hmm. And then, so you, as the you know, Snake is the the perfect soldier, you know. Yeah. He, he's gonna. He has to follow his orders, and yeah. his orders are she has to be put down. Yeah. And he 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 knows she doesn't deserve it, but but. Being the soldier he is, orders are orders. And she, and there's also kind of a respect in her that she knows that what he has to do because she knows she can never come back to being what well, she was. Well, yeah, and, and, and because her, of one mistake. And with her knowing knowing him so intimately and training him, she knows he's stuck too. Yeah, he has no choice. He has to do this. Yeah, there's no there's no way out for him. And so they have their fight. She's down on the ground. She tell you know she lets him know that you know I understand why why we're why we're here, and I understand you know do what you have to do, and you're holding the gun on her. You 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 as the player are like no I don't want to do this I want out I want out, and then the game takes takes the the, the choice away from you. Yep, what well, it, ha- it has to at that point in time, because nobody goes, should pull that trigger on. in that moment. Uh huh. Even though you you did not press the button, you're still agonizing. Should I do this? Should I not do this? The game decides. Oh no, you're doing this. Yep. Oh god. And That's then, heartbreaking. If I remember right, isn't it also like since you're because I remember the last fight is in like a like a field of like all these like white flowers. Uh huh. And I want to say the second you kill her, all the like flowers radiate outward to red. Uh huh. I could be wrong uh-huh. on that part. Maybe I'm just making that part up, but I, I love that game so much because it's like you know you play you play through. The other, the previous Metal Gear games, you're always told Big Boss is a bad dude. 
Yeah, and you finally you're find out, oh no, he's... And, and, yeah, you, you play through this, and you're like, oh, wait a minute. I I completely un- understand him breaking bad. He got fucked. Oh yeah, he got fucked five ways from Sunday, man. There, There's I mean, no two ways about that. I mean, that, that mission, he loses his mentor, his lover, his eye. Oh yeah, sorry, he loses his eye. For, for his for well, a country that 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 he learns in that moment will lie to save itself. Soldiers will we'll burn will burn anybody to if as long as it protects them. Yeah. Uh-huh. Boy, if that doesn't ever have like current day repercussions in it though, or oh, dude, connotations, that whole, man. That whole series, you know, from what we saw through twenty sixteen and into today, into today, um. Yeah, you kind of wonder if Hideo Kojima's a time traveler. <laughs> it's it's oh, kind of crazy, it really is. Yeah, but. but then there's also the fact that, like, I remember playing Snake Eater and not even realizing until that midway point where that bomb goes off where you realize, wait a second, I'm not playing a solid snake. Mm-hmm. I'm now playing, uh, oh shit, this is a prequel, this is Big Boss. Mm-hmm. And there's that switch, you're like, oh fuck, okay. That explains why all of a sudden you're seeing Revolver Ocelot, but he looks like a young kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Not yeah, to mention how many game. cool things that game did, like you know, being able to kill the sniper like long before, like uh-huh. if you know kill, how to do kill it. Kill him in the wheelchair, yeah. Kill him in the wheelchair, or just wait him out, let him die of old age. Uh huh. Yeah. God, oh, game. man. That whole series is genius, though. So, well, yeah, I mean, it has its ups and downs. But. I never played five, and don't really need to. But yeah, um, okay. So that that's a that's a heavy one, and I I uh-huh. fully get that one. Um, okay, I'm gonna go for one like another one that just kind of this one was a little more fun, but at the same time, like just for the acid trips that this is. It deserves to be here, and that's um, Arkham City, or not Arkham City, uh, Arkham Asylum, like that midway point where you have the the fear toxin acid trip, where the whole opening of the game is backwards, so like Uh Joker's driving the freaking car, and you're the one that's insane, just because you're like, what the fuck am I watching? Uh And then as it goes and goes, you're like, oh, okay, I get it, and then it patches into the Scarecrow, like one of the Scarecrow missions. Mm-hmm. Oh man, that is just so so mm-hmm. worth the price of admission. Yeah, mm, yeah, mm-hmm. chef's kiss. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, that's a solid one. Solidly, solidly followed with I put as kind of an honorable mention on that one the Mad Hatter fight in Arkham City, where like mm-hmm. you you go into the, like you're in like the weird like you're fighting on I think it's like the face of a clock, and you look like almost like the the bunny from Donnie Darko, mm-hmm. and you're just brawling with shit. And then you wake up and you find out, like, oh, no, you were dosed with something. And you beat up, like, everybody in the Mad Hatter's group. Mm-hmm. <laughs> These yep. subtle moments that are just, like, wow. You know, I, I, I thought I, I thought I was done with my picks. And, but you, you triggered a memory where I'm like, uh, yeah, I, I got one here for you. Oh, go for it. Because when, when you were talking about the, the, the fear toxin and the Mad Hatter scenes... It, it somehow made me tangent into the the chameleon fight in in, in a PS4 Spider Man, but that's not that's not the moment that that I want to mention. The moment I want to mention is at the end where you have the the vaccine that could save everybody, but you only have one dose of it, 
it either needs to be re, it either needs to be uh, synthesized so that they can make more, or it needs to be given to uh, Aunt May right away. Oh, that's right. And you know Spider-Man wouldn't, you know Spider-Man would never give it, just give it to Aunt May because she wouldn't even want that. And right. God, but it's still such a freaking, ah, uh, yeah, yeah, that first time you experience that, you're like, no, why? Why do I need this Sophie's Choice right now? Come on. Yeah. Oh, I didn't. I did. See? And that, that's why I love to riff off you because, like, sometimes, yeah, just a conversation will hit something. You're like, oh, man, that's right. This moment. Oh, but Jesus. I that game, that, game. So, it, that uh, game was so, so beautiful. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I, I replayed it a while ago, and it's it still holds up the second time around because remember when I replayed it, I, it was, that was my first time playing through the DLCs. Yeah, see, I never finished the uh, DLC stuff, but it's it's good. But yeah, the the difficulty spike in those DLC, DLCs is stupid, though. Well, yeah, because oh I think it's in the second one you start getting the guys that fly around a lot. Like they've got uh, that, they've got uh, shields they, 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 and they've got yeah. jetpacks. Uh huh. I'm like, fuck you, game. Now you're just being an <laughs> asshole. Uh huh. Exactly. <laughs> oh man. Okay, so, so do you have anything else? Oh, I could. I have like probably like two or three more i could throw out oh, there good, easy good. unless something gets jogged in my memory i think we're gonna write yeah. it out yeah um okay so one of them is get ready for the burnt set your head on fire moment because this one <laughs> well if you have any listeners that they might not understand what you're what okay uh, it's an <laughs> old mad tv skit or uh-huh. a series of skits with uh was it yeah, keegan, keegan, keegan michael key right uh-huh. I always forget which ones. Like the only reason I can remember Jordan Peele so easily is because of his movies. So yeah, right. Keegan Michael Key did like yeah his like substitute teacher or whatever it was. Like I don't even know the setup for the, like just, I just remember how funny the things are. But yeah, he'd always whenever he was talking about crying, he'd always like pointed himself. Don't you do it? I will sit your head on fire. <laughs> talking yeah. to himself. So, uh-huh. you know, yeah, ever since then, there's kind of been the, the ongoing joke that, oh, my God, I might have to set my set, set my head on fire after playing uh-huh. a typically emotional game uh-huh. or reading something. <laughs> so, yeah, so for those who don't know, that's that's what the set your hair on fire moment. But to get to the set your head on fire moment I'm referring to, and I know this one hits hard with anybody who's played the game series it's actually a it's actually a twofer. They don't happen at the same time, but they happen close enough together that it's a total fuck you to your to the emotions of anybody playing the game. Borderlands Two, the death of Bloodwing, and the death of Roland. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I said, get that lighter ready. The head's getting the, the hair's being burned because there is no way that if you played the first game and you played that second one, you are not emotionally just barren after these two moments. Bloodwing dying as it is, like especially the way they false falsely think you can save him, because like you have the whole fight where he's like you know the monstrous version of Bloodwing, and you beat the fight and you're going to save him, and then Jack's like, oh no, I've got one last thing, click, and the head explodes. You're like, what the f- no, you did not fucking just do this. Well, and and uh, that that would hurt me so bad because. Uh... What was the character's name? In the Mordecai. Mordecai. Yeah, that was my guy. Yeah. So yeah. Bloodwing was my, was 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 so your my bird companion through the whole game. Yeah. 
and I was so yeah. excited to, to to see him in the second one. I'm like, oh, we're, 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 we're going to save her. Great, great. And then that happens. I almost did not finish that game at that moment. Well, I also remember, like, it was years later of playing Borderlands 2 that I realized the body of Bloodwing is actually displayed prominently in Jack City. I don't know how I missed that, that on my first couple. Fuck I'm like, fuck, just fuck to, damn it. <laughs> this is why J- Handsome Jack is still the best villain they've ever put in one of those games. Yeah. Because you cannot help but hate that son of a bitch. God. But then the death of Roland comes like maybe an hour of gameplay later. You know, mm-hmm. you get to the point where you free Angel, who you find out is Jack's daughter, just to mm-hmm. make just to make Jack that much more of a piece of shit. And then, like, you think everything's okay once again, and then Jack just teleports in behind him and shoots Roland in the back. And, like, I mean, you're right up close, and you just see his chest explode. You're like, no! You took Bloodwing! Do not take Roland! Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, you know, admittedly, that one didn't hit me as hard, you know, but but it, that was an emotional one, but God Yeah, damn. well, no, Blood Bloodwing definitely hit harder, I will say. But, like, as a twofer... Like I said, I remember like never wanting to touch a, bl- a blood uh, bloodborne game, a Borderlands game for a while. Dude. After those, I'm like, no, no, I'm done with the- these motherfuckers. Are not being nice. That you know, it that goes to show just how impactful that moment was, dude. Just just you bring it up again pisses me off all over <laughs> again. Oh god! Do you know how much it pissed me off just typing it out? Yeah. Like I'm writing it down in my notes, and I'm like, motherfuckers killing Bloodwing and Roland in that game. Oh, and then they even give you a, a Roland, like a further jab to the gut with, about the Roland death in the DLC for two um, tiny team. The, the one that like basically mm-hmm. was the inspiration for tiny is one at the end, you know, you get to the thing and like, no, we're not playing until Roland gets here. And everybody's like, Tina, Roland's not coming back. Yeah. He's dead. God damn it. <laughs> and you get this moment of like where she has to like, you know, her as a what, eight year old or I can't remember how old she is. Like she's maybe 11 at mm-hmm. that point in time. Having that realization that she has to admit that Roland is dead. Yeah. In this moment, it's time for you to be part of reality with the rest of us. Yeah. Even though she's so far from reality most of the time and it's awesome for it. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. But anyways, God, yeah. So yeah. God damn! Yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's dangerous. It, that's dangerous because, like I said, that that that's another one that's like it just. I feel hollow inside thinking about the the first time experiencing that, mm-hmm. and as gut wrenching as it is, I do wish I could experience that for the first, not know it's coming and see that just that emotional mm-hmm. shock when it hits. Yeah. Um. Okay, and this is this is the last one I've got that I can think of off the top of my head that but it's only because I just played it this morning and I'm like, oh my God, how did I not remember how great this sequence is? And that's like the very beginning of Uncharted 2, where you wake up on the train and it's like you don't realize at mm-hmm. first you're hanging off the cliff. Oh yeah. That that has to be one of the, the best action set pieces ever in a game. Cause yeah, he's just sitting there, you know, like you can see he's all beat up for some reason. You mm-hmm. don't know the context to it. And he wakes up, and then he realizes he's he's like actually vertical, but he's sitting in this chair like he's normal. Uh, and then shit just starts going sideways. <laughs> and everything you like, you're crawling along stuff, and like you know pipes are breaking and swinging you around. Mm-hmm. And you know like 
you get like five feet into the snow once you actually survive the top of it and you get freaking blown up by someone. I was like, dude, how much more can this man take? Yet yeah. he keeps going. And there's something yeah. about that that's just, I think that's where the emotion is involved in it. You're like, you know, whatever he's trying to do, you're like, I got to find out what the fuck the purpose of this is. Because uh-huh. he's dedicated to do something even though he looks like shit right now. Man, how many times does Uncharted need to come up in this in this uh, discussion? <laughs> Dude, that that, 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 just, that just goes to speak to the the greatness of that series. Like, mm-hmm. I really think, like, even though that first game control wise is clunky as shit, mm-hmm. it's still got a great story to it. Oh yeah. But let's face it, the second and third ones are leaps and bounds better as far as like set pieces, story. Mm-hmm. You know, graphics, of course, controls by a mile. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I we, we, I mean, we talked about that before. How the leap from one and two is what all series should aspire to. to yeah. You know. Well, I think yeah, Mass Effect to Mass Effect Two is another one that does that. It it did that too. Borderlands did it as well. It happens. Yeah, but not, off, not often enough. But it yeah, happens. I mean, like you know, I I really wish there could have been something like that. Like how much how much more epic could a Forbidden West been if it had that jump too? Like if you're like there was something about like that well, they could tweak. To be fair with that with that one, I think for, for uh, Zero Dawn was way more polished of a game, probably because of of uh, it's built it's building on the uh, on on what Uncharted did to begin with. You know, it's so, it, it doesn't have as far to go. I mean, it's yeah. Well, I know I get that it didn't have, but like, just could you imagine what could like, like I mean, one, you'd have to have some kind of massive breakthrough in video gaming to really well, do that because yeah, that that's why I'm pissed that we're not uh, uh, to date. Maybe they'll change, but that's why I'm pissed that we we're not seeing a Days Gone sequel. Oh, game, could you imagine where they could go with that? Exactly, because you could see. The potential there, and that what it wasn't that first game is not shitty, but you can see that it's clunky enough well, that you could see there's lots of room it was, to expand. It was one of those games where I would not you know, like. I think I put it on our li- my list of like best games I played last year because uh-huh. it was a it was a great game. But yeah, it was not a perfect game. It had so many little things that like yeah, yeah if yeah, they yeah, refined yeah, there were it everywhere. If you refined what you know what it was already doing, it could have been so much. But I also think Days Gone. They'll change their mind and and come back to it. Well, I also think Days Gone, where you could really play with, is you don't even need to continue the Deacon Saint John story. You could do something in that same world in another part of the United States or in another Mm -hmm. country, Mm -hmm. because they make it very clear that this is going everywhere. Yeah. I mean, and you could do a whole other story and see, like, maybe how, you know, how Britain handled the outbreak or mm-hmm. South Africa, like South, South America, South Africa, somewhere. Right. You could do so much in that world that it's a shame that they're never touching that series again just because mm-hmm. it didn't sell perfectly to them. All right. Well, it didn't even sell close to perfectly for them from everything I remember yeah. hearing. But yeah, no, oh, that, but yeah, that that is that is a that is a big what if to me. Like, what what could that series be if mm-hmm. they didn't decide to just give up on it? Well, if they listen to the, what people are saying about it now, you know, what three four years probably more than that, you know, later probably. 
I don't know. I don't remember when that one came out. Yeah. Neither do I. T- time, uh, time since the pandemic means but, nothing. But that also, yeah, no shit. <laughs> but that also, that also brings up another moment that another great little gut punch moment that you could, uh, you could put on this this topic. You know, the the point where you get told basically that his, no, his wife never made it out of the the second camp or whatever. That you because like you help out that that guy in the suit who ends mm-hmm. up being like a super zombie or something. Yeah, yeah, the next evolution in the in the Yeah. Um but the then, virus. you know, like yeah, you go through all that so you're like he kind of becomes resigned to the fact that no, his wife is dead. There's no there's no mm-hmm. two ways about it. And then he finds her. And you're mm-hmm. like that that moment like once again, the video game acting standing out of just that that look on his face when they introduce him to his wife as like somebody totally different. And he's like, what? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. but he knows he can't admit who sh- he knows her. Uh-huh. Yeah. <sighs> you know, that, that made me think, and, and I'm not going to delve deep into it because, uh, you know, I'm sure we're probably going to be wrapping up here soon, but uh, how did neither one of us not bring up uh, last of us? <sighs> that just popped in my head. I'm like, how the hell didn't, if you're referring um, to the ending, 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 I try yes, not ending. to. I try not to think about that ending because I still go like. I will say the second one, the ramifications of that ending in the first from the first one definitely play out in the second one. So you really, <laughs> you really need to, fuck Joel. <laughs> not. I wouldn't say fuck Joel as much as it's just. You know, there's such a moral gray line involved in him saving her, but kind of going against her wishes. Yeah. So it's like, he can't say goodbye. So yes, he is being a dick in that moment because she wants to do what she can to save everybody, but he can't let it be at the, the, you know, the, the cost of her life. But what pisses, what what pisses me off about that is like, he's had that same sense of, that sense of loss that he's trying to run away from, everybody around him has suffered that. I'm not saying, and see, that's the problem. Is I'm not saying it was the right choice. I'm just not saying it was also. I'm also just not saying it was the wrong choice. Oh no, it's the wrong. That's why it's the wrong choice. That's why I say fuck Joel. Okay, then see, that's that's your yeah, that's your feeling. I'm like to me, I'm like <laughs> so morally gray that like if they would have if they would have ended that game and he just let her die, oh, I would have been pissed. But I'm pissed that he didn't let her die. So yeah. right there, I don't know where I come down on the, right. is Joel the good guy or the bad guy in this situation? Oh, I think he did what he thought was right. And in many ways, I do see that he did the right thing. And I do see he did the wrong thing. Maybe mm-hmm. I'm just like, I'm like right down the middle in the morally gray. Like, I can't, I can't pick a side on this one. Right. Because he did, he did the wrong thing for the right reasons. Right. But you know, uh, th- this whole discussion like r- really uh, brings brings to the fore that whole discussion of you know our game, our video games art, and it's like yes, they absolutely are because what is art? Art is uh, subjective. Something. Well, no, it's something that you experience that in, usually triggers an emotion. If okay. if you watch yeah. a, if you you know a film that you feel is absolutely art, why is it art? It's because it made you laugh, it made you cry, it made you scared, it did something to you. A piece. A piece of art on a wall does the same thing. What do you feel when you look at this? 
That's art. And that and video well, games are there now. Maybe they weren't in the beginning, but they absolutely are now. Oh, no, I still think they were. I think they were art even back in the day, but they they just had to use different their medium was different. Medium. Yeah. yeah, they had to use it in a different way to get across the way to make you feel as a part to nowadays where you you have such amazing face acting mm-hmm. that you can gut punch somebody with a look instead of mm-hmm. an action. Yeah. Um but no, I, I freely I, I, admit I've had I've had arguments with, with people like that before, like especially like people that are like that kind of look down on you, like they'll ask, Oh hey, what you know, what'd you do all day all, you know, this weekend? Oh, oh, I just sat on my butt, played video games all weekend. <laughs> like, that's not okay. But if I if I were to say, oh, I just sat home and, and watched Netflix all weekend. Oh, yeah. oh, cool. What'd you watch? Yeah. It's it's not fair. It's, it's, it's art. It's weird that people... <laughs> well, I also get that with comics, too. Like, I've, I've had conversations with people who are big into reading. I'm like, yeah, I read a lot, but I also read comics. Uh-huh. Oh. I'm like, well, what does that... What does O mean? Are yeah. comics not a valid format for reading? Well, it's just that's for kids. I'm like, no, no, it's not. You want it? You want? You want proof? Pick up Preacher, motherfucker. Read that yeah. book, and if you don't feel something way better than some of the some of these like classic books that don't get me wrong are great books, mm-hmm. but you tell me that's not art. You tell me mm-hmm. that doesn't have a gut punch that nobody can get past sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And like you know, I you know, and going to the movie aspect of the the art, you know, like I'm not a Kubrick fan. Like I think, and this is this goes to speak to something because I watch a Kubrick movie, I feel cold, I feel like isolated. But that's probably mm-hmm. what he's trying to do. But mm-hmm. I can't watch those movies because it feels too cold and isolated. Right? It too feels way too just like what's the word? I, yeah, cold is the word that comes to mind. Right. I mean, and you think, and I'd love The Shining because that should fit perfectly to it. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, I know the source material, and that was a way more human story than Kubrick ever tackled in that movie. Not taking anything away from the movie. The movie I is good. I still think it's the scariest movie ever made. I I don't think it's scary. I just think it's uncomfortable. Like well, maybe, I don't get maybe that's more fair. I yeah. don't get scared by it. But he does more than just the acting that makes that movie uncomfortable. The carpet makes no sense. And you don't even mm-hmm. realize that's fucking with you the whole time. Mm-hmm. The 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 layout of the hotel itself doesn't make sense. Yeah, everything about it just makes you uneasy from beginning to end. Yeah, the 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 sound of the sound usage he uses, like just that that like I, I'm trying like the the orchestrated like or the soundtrack itself is just like this uncomfortable like uses uncomfortable notes almost. Mm-hmm. Like everything he does is just made to put you. In an uncomfortable state to the point that, but, but see, that's what. But games are able to do that now. Oh yeah, oh yeah. We're, I mean, I can't think of an example of one that make that makes me just feel uneasy the whole way through. Alien but, Isolation. Yeah, that is that that's one, one that does it for me because, like, even when the alien's not there, you're just like it. It's the whole like the anticipation, like you mm-hmm. know, at any point in time, this alien could pop back up or. Mm-hmm. Oh, what was uh like the first Dead Space? I think nails it. Oh, I, yeah, I couldn't finish that one because yeah, if, if you you feel tense almost yeah. from the beginning. Because yeah, like you're, you're yeah, it's like it's you real you get like an hour into the game and you realize God, I feel so tired. Why? And you realize you're crunched up uh-huh. because you know something's about to happen. You don't know uh-huh. when, you don't know where, but you know it's there. 
Dead Space is the one the the one game that captures for me the same feeling I feel when I watch the thing. Really? That paranoia level? Where your teeth are just clenched watching the whole thing. Wow. I never the the thing the thing still does that to me every time I watch it. Oh, see, the thing, like, I've I watch that movie so regularly. I mean, I still get creeped out by it. Like it is like that movie speaks to just like how you know what's going to happen and it still gets you every time. The blood mm-hmm. test scene. I know exactly which one's going to be the one that, that pops off, but it still jumps me every time. What's funny is that that, get, that gets everybody. Because, dude, when we went Saturday at the Hollywood Theater, everybody jumped. Oh, God. That was like, and that was. And- I can I can put that on the, one of the gladdest things I've ever done in my life was seeing that one in you know in an actual film print. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and then you know probably about ninety percent of the people there have probably seen that movie before. There, there was no yeah. reason for the whole room to. Jump. Oh, but yeah, but it's like <laughs> it's just it's but that's that to me is why John Carpenter is an unsung hero. Like some people really do give him the credit he deserves. Some people mm-hmm. just write him off as being just. A schlock director, and I don't get no, that. I don't get that at all. Because he, and especially when you start doing the research, and you find out like how little money he had for a lot of his movies. So he did mm-hmm. amazing things with almost no budget. Mm-hmm. Like you give him a James Cameron budget, what the fuck do you think that man could could make? Yeah, seriously. Wow. But yeah. Oh man, the thing. Like now, now I might have to go watch the thing. I might have to do a double a double feature of my two favorite sci-fi horror movies, The Thing and Alien, just because those two movies both do the same thing. They put you in this close quarter situation with something you don't fucking understand. I, I rewatched that a, a, a little while ago with with a, a lady friend of mine. I'm like, the original the, Alien. Like, no, uh, The Thing. Like, oh, oh you okay. have to watch this. And I'm like, oh, you have to watch this. It's so intense. When that movie ended, she was like, "Really? That was it, dude?" In that moment, I had a split second where I'm like, "Get the fuck out! What the hell are you? Get out! Get out!" <laughs> I couldn't believe it. No, not affected at all. No, she was like, "Really? You think that's that movie's tense? Like, you don't?" I I, I was blown away. What the, what the fuck does this bitch away? eat for breakfast? Because it must be like steel, like rusted nails. And, dude, like, you have to be a pretty hardened motherfucker to get through that movie and not, at least at some point in time, feel what the fuck is going to happen next. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I don't... I, don't, get, I, don't... I, I was blown away in that moment. I'm like, get out. Yeah. You, you, that, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm just going to say that because I could, I could think of a much more vulgar thing. But, no, that's that's fair. No. <laughs> I mean, that, that that's almost five across the eyes territory to me. I'm sorry. Seriously. Like, if you can't respect the thing... You, I, I have no place for you in my life. I don't need that kind of negativity. <laughs> wow, like I can't, I, know. I, I can't done. picture that not affecting someone, especially on their first viewing of it. I, 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 I was, I was stunned. Like, did you, did you ask them what kind of movies I like to watch that this like had them so desensitized? Well, no, but what's weird is like some of the other things I've seen with her is like. Uh, we watched um, Your Next. Was that was that what it was? The one with the girl that. Oh that yeah, where she awesome goes to the event. family get together that and. Awesome That's one of the best revenge porn movies ever. Uh, it's kind of revenge porn, but it's it's more of just home invasion that gets turned on its head. 
But uh, no, she watched that and she was totally invested in that one. I wonder if it was just the sci-fi aspect that didn't just she could click off the humanity inside of it because it's like oh it's it's alien, so it's not you know but like a home invasion. Let's face it, that's something that could scare anybody too because like your home is supposed to be your one safe place. Mm-hmm. So I could do I could do a whole I could do a whole podcast just on horror movies that do that kind of feel. Dude, are you gonna edit out this tale? <laughs> oh no, this this shit stays in. This is a tangent that deserves to stay in. Cause dude, we're, we're like not even talking about games anymore. Well, that's but that's <laughs> the glory. Like I I will just put in the show notes that there is a lot of tangent in this episode. Right. But so um okay yeah but that is a good time to say thank you everybody for listening. <laughs> And if you want to get a hold of me and tell me how our tangents are a little bit too much sometimes, feel free. It's StanStrongCast at Gmail. Or no, no, it is StanStrongCast at Gmail.com. Forgot my own email address for a second there. Um, so yeah, um, I will say thank you, Tony, for joining me again. Well, and thank you for having me. Going on wild tangents that I totally forgot we were actually recording for a while. <laughs> but it stays in. Fuck it. We'll do it live. Um, <laughs> and then I will say thank you to everybody who's supported me through doing this kind of stuff. Because it, you know, it really helps me as a therapy thing. That's a story for another time, though. So I will say to anybody out there listening, see you in two weeks. Bye-bye.